Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Beached White Male Podcast. My name is Ken Kemp, your host. And today we're going to do something just a little bit different. It's season four and episode 67. And I've told you a little bit about a new project that I've been working on. It's my Substack page. Maybe you've had a chance to visit there, and maybe you've had a chance to visit one of my 11 essays. It's an opportunity for me to put in writing some of the things that I am thinking about. And frankly, I've been surprised at how many people have taken a look. I get some stats that tell me how many people are reading this thing, and I'm very pleased at the number. So on this very short episode of the podcast, I want to take some time to read one that I wrote about a week after the Israeli-Palestinian war broke out. And I talk about prayer and a movie that I saw that just captured my heart. I want to give a shout out to my friend Mike Mizrahi, who pointed out that there's a feature in Substack that enables me to insert an audible reading of my essays, which I've started to do. And I created this audible of the essay you're going to hear today. If you want to get to the Substack, you can read it as you listen, and that might make it a little more interesting for you. Now, I'm going to have links in the show notes for this episode so that you can find my Substack page. And when you get there, I hope you subscribe. And if you do, you will get an alert every time I post a new Substack article. So without belaboring the point, I'm going to let my essay speak for itself. Here it is. Are you there, God? It's me, Ken. What is prayer anyway, really? By Ken Kemp. Okay, so I'm admitting it right from the top. I loved this movie. It's got the same title as this post, but it's not Ken. It's Margaret. Based on the beloved 1970s novel by Judy Bloom. well, the film got me. I've watched it twice. Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe you've read the book. I know, I know. I'm a sappy old white guy. Beefy males like me generally take a pass on what some may call a chick flick and go for fights and guns and chases and explosions. But as this story unfolded, I was captivated on so many levels. Abby Ryder Fortson, as 12-year-old Margaret Simon, won my heart. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that I have seven granddaughters, most of whom are becoming teenagers. The film explores adolescence with all its hormonal chaos. Margaret's folks announce that they are moving from the city to the suburbs, which means a new school, new friends, and a new house. Margaret is horrified. But her sensitive, caring parents say all the right things. I've got to say, maybe this story rings so true to me because when I was the same age, my dad also announced that we would be moving from our little Midwestern town to Southern California. This film is a coming-of-age story, but it's also a story about religion. 
Margaret's mother, Barbara, played by Rachel Simons, was raised in America's heartland as an evangelical Christian. Margaret's father, Herb, Herb Simon, played by Benny Safdie, is a Jew. When Barbara fell in love with Herb, her religious parents forbade her to marry him, unequally yoked, they said. But when she did marry him, they disowned her, never to speak to her again. Herb and Barbara were so deeply offended and angered that they decided on their wedding day that religion would have no place in their married life, ever. They built a beautiful life without her parents or their God. From her earliest awareness, young Margaret would be told that she could decide about religion when she became an adult, on her own. As Margaret encounters her new friends, some of them classic mean girls, there were boys, teachers, and her Jewish grandmother, played by Kathy Bates. Margaret gets confused. The story takes her into class, into a secret club for junior high girls, spin the bottle parties, and off to the temple with Grandma Sylvia. One fateful day, she asks her mother, how could it be that she does not speak to her own parents? Why have I never met them? She asks in a tone of disbelief. Mom tells her the painful story. Margaret is incensed. Her adolescent stories bring her to prayer, alone in her room, kneeling beside her bed. We are taken into her private place. She stumbles through a spiritual practice for which she has no training or models. She just talks to whatever God might be listening in. She lays it all out her questions, her confusion, her longings, her young heart. It is so darn sweet. Her school teacher picks up her interest in religion and encourages her to make it a research project. Margaret goes for it. Her journey takes her to the temple with grandma, a Catholic church, and into the confessional, a black church, and a white Protestant church. It all adds to her confusion. The whole thing explodes when her mom's parents make an unanticipated surprise visit, their first ever. Then, to add to the drama, Herb's mother, Sylvia, shows up. The family erupts into a religious intra-family civil war. Deeply upset, Margaret declares, Stop it! Stop it! And you know what? I don't believe in God anyway. And she storms out of the room. It takes a while for her to talk to God again. But she does. Watch the movie. This week, Israel has exploded into an all-out war. The story dominates our headlines. We are horrified by what we see. We condemn the violence. We long for peace. On the podcast The Daily, Sabrina Tavernisi spoke to a Palestinian in Gaza by the name of Abdullah Hassanin. We know that we cannot equate the Palestinian people with Hamas, those extremists who have wreaked havoc and triggered this terrible war. Abdullah despises Hamas. He spoke to the reporter about the impact of the war on him and his family in real time. 
daily missile strikes take out homes and businesses and schools, and now a hospital. Electricity, water, and other utilities have been turned off. Food is scarce. You could hear the fear in Abdullah's voice as he described the scene. The whistle of rockets and the explosions could be heard from outside, even as he spoke. Then there was a call to prayer. It was a distant, audible voice in Arabic as the two spoke. Sabrina asked, Do you need to pray? Are you going to pray? Abdullah answered, Not right now, but as soon as we're finished, I'm going to pray. She asked what he would pray for and what prayer means to him. He said he will pray for peace and for an end to the violence and for the safety of the family that is still alive. And then he added, Right now, prayer is all we have. I've written about prayer. It's a powerful, mysterious thing. On my podcast, I talk to people who have given up on religion. Some have given up on God. Even as you read this, I don't know what you are thinking. Few of us believe that there is a man with a gray beard in the sky who stops what he's doing to take notes as we pray. Notice I use the masculine pronoun. That somehow we have this imaginary friend who tunes in when we bow our heads. Whatever your thoughts about this mystery, know that I'm with you. But allow me to say this. I think young Margaret's prayers are beautiful. It makes me glad that my granddaughters pray. Their prayers are beautiful, too. They're not deluded. They're human. And I'm glad that Abdullah has a place to go with the ache in his heart as well. He's a dad, maybe a grandfather like me. He doesn't know who will survive the bombings and the violence. He's already lost too many. He needs somehow, someplace, to express the deepest yearnings of his soul. Prayer is the ability to put my most profound longings, my hopes, my dreams, my sadness, my grief, my doubts, my fears, my questions, my aspirations, all of it, into words. Maybe those words are heard out there in the universe, and frankly, I don't know. But I do know this. I hear them. A 12-year-old wonders if she'll ever have her period or grow breasts, and she prays. An older Palestinian dad in Gaza who wonders if his beloved family will live another day, he prays. And I pray, too. Are you there, God? It's me, Ken. <laughs>